It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dear gas prices, go take a hike. Toyota is the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years. The Toyota Hybrid lineup brings efficiency with power and savings with style. Not to mention top tech to help keep you connected. Plush premium interiors and the most advanced Toyota safety features. So, now you know who you're talking to. Toyota, the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years. With a hybrid or electric vehicle built for every driver. Seriously, dear gas prices? Do you really think you can stand in our way? Think again. Toyota Hybrids. Find yours at Toyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places. Based on manufacturer estimates, see why 2000 through 2021 sales. It is your instant match reaction for Everson Free. Sheffield Wednesday new uh, nil the Blues absolutely sashaying into the fifth round of the FA Cup. Uh, joining me tonight, three very happy toffees. Got Rob Vera, Mark Mosey, and Tommy Shelby joins us. Special guest <laughs> <laughs> uh, from the from the Peaky Blinders. Uh, are we, <laughs> people who are listening to this won't have a clue, but Dave has come on. I can only assume. Love it. So buoyed of, with positive spirit and delighted Everson's win that he's, he's gone for a flat cap. New look, Dave. Well, we are in the hat, aren't we, for the next round? So, you know. Oh, oh, oh there oh, you go. I, I, I really <laughs> wish you could have seen the look on Mark Mosey's face when I let him into the Zoom chat. He's pissed, though. I've seen him. He's been down in bottles of wine over there. I I am yet to comment on this whole conversation, either pre or post us hitting record. But quite honestly, I, I'm not a guy who finds himself speechless very often. Um, but coming into a Zoom chat room with, with Dave wearing a flat cap is was not something in the craziest of seasons that I ever envisaged would happen. Um, so yeah, it, it's a um, it's an interesting night. Um, Rob, what are your views on the the hat? We'll we'll get it boxed off before we go into the. <laughs> I mean, it was it was jarring at first, but now that I've kind of had a while to just kind of you know 
just let it wash over me. Uh, I, I think it kind of works on Dave. I mean, he's an avid golfer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's he's English. I mean, somehow it all seems to work. I I'm, I'm a, I also moonlight as a gangster in Sutton Coalfield as well. <laughs> I was saying I was saying earlier I've been watching board rewatching Boardwalk Empire recently, and everyone's got a hat like this, and they all pull it off really well. So yeah, I think it works. I feel like that episode of Friends with Joey as the handbag. <laughs> you know what everyone says to him like it's a bit before your time type of thing so yeah, uh, yeah. We'll, see how, we'll, we'll see what the uh the the viewers and listeners think and well, well, I'll, yeah. make a, I'll make a decision after that if you're watching this on youtube do let us know what you think about everton's performance and more importantly the hat yeah, yeah. listen to the podcast do go and watch this on youtube and let us know what you think about the hat <laughs> on twitter um important at this time we have got loads of games that we discuss these things uh but everton uh, routine as you like, really, absolutely boxing off Sunday in the best way possible. Um, Spurs or Wickham away in the next round. Um, I'll, I'll come to you first, Rob. Um, just, I think it's a bit of a weird game, really, because I think we, we played really good football in some spells, but, but our goal came from or the two second, the second and third goals come from set pieces. Um, but, but overall, Everton played some really good stuff tonight, I thought. Yeah, they looked uh, they looked like a, a a group of players who had had a lot of time off. They looked really fresh. Uh, they looked like they have plenty of bounce. Uh, I'll be interested to see if they can look like any semblance of that by Saturday of this week. But yeah, I I, I thought that they they came out with uh, not only purpose to kind of take the game to to Sheffield, which you would hope for and and really given our illustrious short-term past I don't think we can take that for granted um you know they, they really seem to go after him but they seemed intent as well on playing really good football as part of it uh Hamas Rodriguez was to me the, the the guy in the middle of all of that just making it happen doing the thing where he elevates everyone into believing that they can make these beautiful short quick passes and create these, you know, long attacking movements. And um, if anything, I was a little disappointed that we weren't up by more uh, at halftime, but I, I can't honestly say, cause you know, we all, all feel that vibe sometimes that, that well, an equalizer is coming or something's coming. I mean, that Wednesday had a few shots uh, that tested Olsen in the first half, but I don't think, I think after we got that first goal, I don't know that I ever really felt like it was in danger. And then of course you have the two quick successive uh, set piece goals, uh, both coming from Hamas assists. Uh, and of course, you know, and, and, and Richarlison needed that goal so badly. If anything, I thought the, 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 the goal that was called offside uh, was one of the most beautiful passes I've ever seen any player make from Hamas uh, earlier before that, that was disallowed. Uh, Richarlison could have had three goals in this game and uh, but, but either way he needed to get a goal and he got his goal. I think that was important. And and then obviously for me, um, Yeri Mina's uh, goal for the third was the, final patty on the triple cheeseburger of my joy today so uh yeah it was a it was a good day it was nice and easy and uh now we move forward yeah i think i think as rob said there dave uh, wednesday had a bit of a flurry early on a couple of chances but it just felt like as soon as the game slowed down a little bit and james had time to put his foot on the ball it was just in the palm of his hands throughout the, the rest of the you know the, you know the 70 odd minutes or so he was on the pitch for I did feel like it was a proper cup tie for quite a while, to be honest with you. I was 
caught the sort of start of it and then watched the rest when it, when I got home. But the first like 10, 15 minutes sounded really like Sheffield Wednesday were up for this. I mean, they've had a torrid time, haven't they? If you look at the uh, the stuff that's gone on there, points deductions and ownership issues, COVID, all sorts of stuff. And I thought they actually give a really good account of themselves. The, the manager they've got in now is actually the caretaker at the moment. Uh, and they've won every game under him so far. I think three or four games they've won. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you, you look at that on paper and you think this is an absolute banana skin for us. This this is a classic. I think I saw Mark tweet Barry Bannon, last-minute winner. How was he still going, by the way? I felt like he was still going when I was like 10 years old, Barry Bannon. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's quite a technically gifted lad, to be honest with you. His diminutive size has probably held him back in terms of Premier League uh, ambitions over his career because he was quite a mainstay for Villa for quite some time, wasn't he? Hmm. He made like 250-odd appearances for... Uh, for Chef Wed now, so like everything went through him, all the good stuff. They had a couple of chances early on, and I thought this could be an interesting night. This and the last thing we needed, I thought, even though we haven't played for some time, is extra time. Uh, because I want to keep these lads as fresh as a daisy for this massive game that we've got coming up against Leicester. And to be fair, I mean, I wanted it to be as hassle-free as possible. I think we were given an absolute stinker of a kickoff time, yeah. eight o'clock on a Sunday. I mean, look, we're hardly all sorts of uh, revved at the opportunity of Everton playing. Again, look, I was excited because we're back on the pitch after what feels like an eternity. You think of how many how many games of football have been played by everybody else between when we beat Wolves and now. I mean, we have, we have to be patiently wait our turn, but in doing so, we got some really important players back. And that's what I was looking for tonight more so. I thought, I thought if we approach this professionally, the victory should take care of, it, care of itself. I don't think Sheffield Wednesday had any interest in progressing too far in the FA Cup given the woes they've got in the Championship but what I was looking for from us is exactly what we got and that was intent signs that players look refreshed and ready to go again for this second half of the season and you know you look at that league table I think it's it's sort of been teasing us hasn't it a little bit as, as sides above us and around us have been losing points you know with the whole Liverpool situation two points behind with, with what two games in hand and it's lovely being looking at the league table, thinking if we do this, if we do that. But the, the, the obvious thing to say about that is now we have to go and do that. Now we're back in action. Yeah. We've got these huge Premier League games against Leicester and Newcastle. And um, in that's what I was looking for is those signs, pointing towards those games, thinking that we've got a squad to choose from. Carlos, again, got a selection headache. First time we fielded that front three since the 12th of December, I believe, in uh, Calvert-Lewin, Hammers and Richarlison. We all remember the sort of form we hit with them early season, the exact type of way we want to see Everton playing. But we saw elements of that tonight, although Jeff Wedd made it difficult for us. But yeah, more overwhelmingly, I think, get the job done nice and early. Make the changes where you want to make them. Richarlison come off fuming, which I'm happy about, because <laughs> uh, he got a goal and quite clearly was hungry for more. Just fuming um, all the time. <laughs> yeah, he is. I mean, he's just that lad, isn't he? I don't think he'll ever be content or happy, which is a good thing, really, because... I think if you take that away from him, you, you take that, you take away who he is as a person. So all in all, a really content night. Um, not going to get too over the top with individual performances. Gomez looked really fit again. Um, mm. it, it seemed like he had that sort of bite back in his game. Really good assist for the first goal. Dom scored and again, that's another big boost. A little bit of a bad and spell. So all in all, I mean, probably the perfect night in terms of if you want to progress to the next round. Um, you want your players to show that they're refreshed after a little mini break. 
and we, we got all that. So uh, please, there's anything that we're in the heart and also please, there's anything that we look like we're ready to approach this game on Wednesday, which is colossal for us. It was so hard to take any of that seriously. Don't you dare. <laughs> it, was Listen, it was hard to say it seriously, never mind. Take I, it I seriously. Tried. I tried so hard. <laughs> we've had we've had some great um, <laughs> we've had some great half feedback in the comments. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, express yourself, Dave. Don't listen to these haters. All right. Neil H said uh, Ian Wright on the Zoom call here. <laughs> At least I haven't got the sleeping bag on. Uh, <laughs> uh, said Dave's cap gets the nod from the sexy style. Laura. Les, Les had pulled something up like this off. Yeah, he was. I'm just here. Yeah, he up, Bridges. Yes, Dave's cap for the win. Uh, <laughs> Jack Sharp said, loving the Columbia shirt. No. Uh, right. H said, Dave's cap is ace. There you go. Sorry, Mo. Do you want to make a serious point about Everton? No, I don't want him. I want him off the show. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling rank here for the first time in eight years, Matt. Fucking get him off. She's going to go upstairs and get me fez and then you can ask me a question about that. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, Everton. Um, I think that the, the style of the game really suited us, actually. I think as much as, as, much as we say, you know, Sheffield Wednesday came out well and, and they... they they did try to take the game, the game to Everton. <laughs> I can't even look at him. The... <laughs> <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just take my screen off while he's talking. Yeah, on. Go on. Um, yeah, they, uh, they obviously tried to lose themselves in the first sort of 20, 25 minutes, but I never felt like it was the sort of classic lower league side goes to pre-league and makes it difficult sort of affair. I think everything they tried to do I think the comment from from the commentators over here at halftime was that there were some nice touches and it was quite an attractive game. And I think if you want to go toe-to-toe with Everton in in the sort of form that we were in today, in those sorts of areas and being technically better than us, then there's only a handful of sides in the country that can do that. And and with all respect to them, Sheffield Wednesday are not one of them. Um, So I, I think you... What you, what you saw today was probably Everton reloaded in a sense that we looked like a team who'd had a classic winter break um, and all of the good things that we saw back in August and September, in particular from the front three, were there in abundance today. Um, a couple of individuals, I think the, the one that really resonated with me today was Andre Gomez. I know we've already mentioned him today, but for a lad who even the most simplest of touches in the game have looked so difficult in the last few weeks. I think a lot of what we saw today were the, the kind of effortless characteristics that we saw in his, in his first spell at the club were, were very much there. And I think the, that, that's kind of dictating the, mid, the midfield, which looked totally beyond him in, in even the more, most recent games. It looks as though he's starting to be that sort of more general figure. And I appreciate that this is all without Alan and, and that role may be, may be decimated when Alan comes back. But he looks like someone who's integral not only to the general gameplay, but also capable of being involved further up the pitch. And I think as someone like Alan has come in, there's been a, there's been a real emphasis on Andre Gomez actually defining what he's going to be. Um, and as much as he's never going to be that, like, classic number 10 and being the one who links midfield and that front three I think it's really important for him to add a different dimension something that Alan can't do 
And if that is getting involved in in goals like we saw him tonight, then I think that's going to be really important for him. But yeah, just a, a really professional and, and clean display from Everton. And I think it, it's what really reassures me is knowing that that front three is still there. And, and what we saw in August wasn't just a flash in the pan. And I think that that was the concern that was starting to grow over recent weeks that the, the Everton of seven games was never going to be realised ever again. Um, and as much as as much as the game is against Sheffield Wednesday in, in a cup tie, then I think it's important that that we use games like this to sort of get those lads back in the groove. Yeah, and I think I think Rob as well. You know, the, the front three, obviously, as Dave said, it was the first time they were back on the pitch together for I guess since the Burnley game actually. Um, it started in December, as Dave mentioned there. But I think it's it's nice that you know before the game, me and Les were speaking, we were saying you know it'd be nice if Dom got a goal, it'd be nice if Richardson got a goal because you know they've both been goals for different reasons. Obviously, Hamez gets his two assists, and it's, it's just nice that all three of them will come away from this game. You know, Richardson maybe not because I don't know what's up with them at the moment in, in, in that sense, but yeah. they'll all come away from each other feeling like from the game, feeling like they've contributed and they're sort of back in a bit of form again. Yeah, the thing with Richarlison is I I just I just can't worry about it too much just because to Dave's point, I think guys like Richarlison and and I've seen that in other athletes that I've loved in my lifetime. They they sometimes have to have you know, some, some guys you describe as having a bit of edge, but others just literally have to find something to be, uh, you know, angry about almost to be able to drive them forward. Um, Richarlison was frustrated. Uh, you know, he, he started the game off really well, then the offside goal, and then he kind of regressed a little bit. Uh, but then he got the goal and you could tell he was leaving the pitch feeling like he'd left a lot out there in terms. I mean, like I said, I think he could have had three goals tonight. And to your point, just seeing these three together again, seeing uh, seeing Hamas Rodriguez and Calvert-Lewin and, and uh, Richarlison all together and playing in a way that suggests that to, to Mark's point, that this is something that can still really click and work uh, and is something that, um, should work um, is encouraging because I think we've all worried. Um, I haven't worried so much this season, but I, I think in the past we've, we've all thought, well, I think we found something, you know, and we end up finding something in one guy or maybe two guys are playing well together. But if Everton have an opportunity or if Everton can rather get all three of these guys clicking, getting Calvert-Lewin, you know, back to his finishing form. And, and again, I was never really worried about a five or a six game drought with him. Um, but if you can get, if you can keep Hamas on the pitch and, and as I've, I've talked about a lot recently on, on kick about um, if Richarlison can begin to finally start scoring the fact that again, I bring this up and I know it seems like a, a tired point, but We've done all this this season with Richarlison having a really disappointing goal return. Uh, regardless of what you think about Richarlison as a player, and I think he's amazing, he's had a really disappointing goal return this season. If he can start to find that form again and they can all click together and all the caveats that we've all said uh, in terms of players staying fit and firing and all those things – that's when the whole discussion about what Everton's ceiling truly is changes. 
And tonight, obviously, you're playing Sheffield Wednesday, so you can't make too much of it. But at the same time, what you saw out there and is what you hope to see on Wednesday and on Saturday and on these upcoming league games so that you can really look at look at what you're seeing and say, this is for real. Though, again, I, I would remind everyone, we're in January and look where we are in the table. It's real. We're a good side. It's all now it's all about execution and keeping guys in form and obviously keeping them on the pitch. So it's my hope that Hamas's uh, December off <laughs> really, you know, brought him back refreshed or what have you but uh god he just it just every time he's out there i don't care who he's playing um he makes everything go and he just i always come back to that same word transcendent he just is is like nothing i've ever seen in an everton shirt uh during all my years following the the, the club and so i'm excited to see more of it yeah it was it was a masterclass from us tonight of course just just picking apart a team that's not as good as, as yours and i think you were saying on one of the shows last week dave you thought that you know, we haven't seen him at full tilt yet in terms of his, his fitness. Um, it just just feels a little bit like he's starting to come to the boil now, doesn't it? I think you can tell that by the game time he gets as well, Matt. I mean, he, he's still playing. When, when he plays, I mean, I envisaged him when he came to, to have an impact similar to what he's had. Yes, I think he's delivered in that regard. But also, I didn't expect him to get the game time that he has done when he's played. So, for instance, I, I expect maybe he, he'd give us an hour here or there or maybe even as an impact substitute coming off for the last half an hour. But when he's played, by and large, Carlo Ancelotti's decided that he's playing at least, you know, 70, 80, sometimes 90 minutes tonight. What was it, 85 he got taken off on? So His first game, Dave, when he was nowhere near fit at Spurs, he plays 90, doesn't he? He comes off yeah. on, on, in the 90th minute. Yeah, and, and I think... <laughs> Clearly, the instruction with him is not to exert himself too much. In fact, I say instruction. I actually don't think Carlo Ancelotti says much to him. I, I, I think it's just when, when he picks him in the side, it's sort of like he knows he has that game intelligence to know where he should be on the pitch and where we need him to be. And more importantly, where he wants to be. Um, because invariably, he knows how to affect football matches. He's a world-class footballer. He has been for the entirety of his career. He knows where to go and move and where to stand on a football pitch in order to get the best out of himself. I really really like watching him because, yes, we know what we're going to get from him, but also I look at him and think he tries to enjoy himself when he's on the pitch. And I think that's when you get the best out of a player like that is when you're able to tap into his talent but he's not doing it so much for the team, although he is doing that. He's also doing it because he wants to do it for himself. He wants to prove how good he is. You see it all the time with him. I think when he gets the ball, sometimes, like you say, he slows everything down, but in a good way. So the opposition, we've seen it so often this season. I mean, when he picks that ball up in a midfield area or the start of the attack in third, the opposition almost like stands still and like you're looking at each other like, you go to him, or you go to him. Do you know what I mean? Like, so who's going to be the sacrificial lamb here to go and get skinned? Um, and yeah, again, I, I still don't think we've hit the ceiling with him yet. I, I don't think we've scratched the surface all all that much with him. Uh, and, and I think in this final third of the seat, well, well, second half of the season for us, isn't it? We're a few games behind everybody else. I, I, I say it again. I think if we if we were to get fifteen games out of him between now and the end of the season, which would mean he misses what six. Hmm. You get 15 games out of him, I think we'll be really close to a top four finish. And who knows, in the FA Cup, you get past Spurs, you're into what, the quarters then? This is the last 16 we've just gone into, isn't it? All Wickham, Dave. 
Or Wickham. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen a surprise so far, have we, this weekend? It's been quite dull in that regard to the FA Cup. Uh, closest we got was probably Cheltenham, taking Man City to 80 minutes and then capitulating in the final 10. Um, Blackpool close to it at Brighton. But, yeah, I mean, now we've got one of the big boys. Uh, I, I was made up Peter Drury referenced the Amakachi semi-final in 95 <laughs> in the commentary. That brought back a lot of good memories for all of us, didn't it? So, yeah, I, I, Spurs don't worry me at home. Um Again, you know, a lot of people point to me this week as I've been like really happy that we've got three home games on the spin. And people are saying, well, no, we're better away from home. I'm actually really happy we've got these teams at home because I think we have a point to prove at Goodison at the moment. Because I don't think we've played all that well at Goodison. Our, our best performance have generally come away from home, which is refreshing, isn't it? Of course. But the, the challenge in the Premier League is you've got to marry those two things up. And if we're able to get six points in the next two games, we're right in amongst it, and I said the other night, the other night on the weekly match, didn't I? I'd be pretty devastated if we don't get in the top four. Uh, just, just, just given how the season's panned out, and all of a sudden we're different to everybody else right now. Not because we had the games in hand, but we've got a fresh squad. We we've been able to have a little bit of a pre-season in the middle of a campaign. You think how precious that is for teams like Man City who've been bemoaning their uh, late start to the season and, and Liverpool, no defenders, all that sort of stuff. We're sitting here now with a, a pretty fully fit squad. Uh, delighted Luca Dean didn't play tonight because he'll come back in on Wednesday. I think Awobi will be back. Um, and you look at it and you think, we can really attack these games now. We're not sitting there, you know, hoping and praying and we've got a makeshift striker up front. You've got Dom there who come off on the hour mark, fit as a fiddle. Yeah. This doesn't happen to us often, do you know what I mean? And we've got to go and take advantage. Um, Mark, go on, sorry, mate, you're going to make a point. No, the, I think the, the most impressive attribute that James has is the weight of his passing. Uh, I, I think most, most number 10s and most attacking midfield players have the vision to do the things that he does. But the, the ability that he's got to put the ball in such a defined area... I think that the one that really strikes with me, and I think we, we've seen him spray balls from the centre of the pitch out to either wing, and, and it, it looks fantastic when he does it. But I think when he comes just inside a little bit from that right-hand touchline and finds a through ball in between the centre-half and the full-back, there, there was one in particular in the first half where he found Seamus Coleman on the right-hand side. And it, it, it makes the recipient's decisions so easy because the ball is in exactly the perfect place for someone like Coleman to go and put the ball in the box. It's almost at the point where when your fullback picks up on Hammers's pass, they've actually got too much time and too much thought goes into the next move. He's making it a little bit too easy for everyone around him. And, and I'm sure that, that level of chemistry will come, but it, it's the challenge is not necessarily for Hammers to, to prove his worth at this stage. It's, it's for the rest of the team to prove that they are capable of using his genius to, to the full extent of, of what we know is there. Um, it, it's bizarre to see someone like that play football for Everton. And I, I stand by the fact that he is probably the most technically gifted footballer that has ever played for this football team. And, and hopefully, as Dave said, there is, there is so much more to come from him. Um, I think conversely with Richarlison, I think the, the elephant in the room with him is something that you've pointed out a few times, Matt, in, in previous seasons even, in that he is a centre-forward. And the, the more he gets involved in the build-up play, the, the less his impact is. And I find him, you know, 
picking up balls from a centre midfielder out on the touchline and, and trying to play intricate one-twos until a point where he's then centralised on the pitch. It, all that feels pretty laboured. I, I just want to see him pick the ball up on the edge of the box. And I think that, that was probably a massive element of his frustration towards the end of his game tonight in the when he finally got that opportunity to have his impact centrally and to be that furthest player forward, he was hooked. Uh, and as much as as much as Carlo Ancelotti will will be happy with that decision, and there's no real urgency from him to to try and figure something out with Richarlison, it does feel as though the more touches of the football he has, the the less impressive he is. Um, and that's that's totally against the lad's character because he is someone who wants to be constantly involved. Mm. And you, you do get the feeling that his desired position probably is out on that left-hand side where he can be involved. But I think we'll get the most of him centrally. Um, and the disappointment from from that point of view is that there's nowhere for him to fit in there. There's no way that Calvert-Lewin takes any form of reprieve in order to, to allow Richarlison to grow. Uh, it, it's a nice problem to have, don't get me wrong. But I think long-term, that is probably where Richarlison's career is is heading. Um, I think on a on a more general point, the the takeaway from me from tonight and in particular from last from the last cup game that we had as well is that I really feel like that Rotherham game was a blessing in disguise. And as much as as much as we laboured through that game and ultimately got the right result, I think we all came away from it probably a little bit deflated and. I think the encouraging thing that I mentioned on the post-match for that game was that what, what you need to do with with everything that happened in that 120 minutes is use it in the Wolves game and use it in your next cup game. And as much as you have possibly escaped a, a banana skin in that Rotherham game, can you use the disappointments and the frustrations that we had in that game to go to Molyneux and, and prove that... I, th- I feel like going into that game at Wolves, we really had a point to prove that we weren't on that slide. And everything about the the attacking chemistry that Everton had earlier in the season is still there. And yes, we, we've managed to prove that tonight. But I think in that Rotherham game, there were some real doubts about where Everton's season was, was heading. Uh, and it, it's only taken two games for the level of ambition amongst the fan base to, to grow considerably. But... I think the the transition that we've made from the Rotherham game through to Molyneux and then to, to, to really press that home tonight is an important juncture in, in, in the, the season. And I think everything that we're saying here is that Everton have kind of had this rebirth in the middle of the season. And I think it's, it's important now that we don't kind of let that diminish. We've got a run of games, as Dave said, at home. The, the colour of the opposition. I know we, we play people like Liverpool, but you're looking at the fixture list now thinking, well, we're terrified of no one. And yeah. we are back to being that side who no Premier League team wants to play against. And I think it's, it's a really exciting stage for Everton to be at. I, do you know what, mate? I was going to make a, a different point, but you've you've made me think on that a little bit. And I think, I think you can extrapolate that sense of having to prove yourself like we've done with that Rotherham game, like you've rightly said, with everything else as well, Mark. I think there was a definite feeling of that tonight, but also I feel as if we've got players now. uh, And maybe this fits into some of the fringe players starting to do a little bit better, like Sigurdsson, who I think is the sort of the barometer of everything we do is strangely channeled through him. And by that, I mean, we know what we'll get from Hammers. We know what we'll get from Dom. We know what we'll get from Luca Dean. 
all of our important players, we know what we'll get from them because they've. I think they've earned the right to be us for, for for us to think of them as consistently good footballers who invariably won't let us down. Yes, they'll have off days and blah blah blah. But you know, we think of them as you leave them to it effectively. But the others, I think, which are the ones that make up that sort of 10, 15%, whatever extra it is we need to convert a decent season into a great season. I measure that, I think, through Gilfie Sigurdsson and what he does because he seems to be the one that's he's constantly going to get game time. He's going to start games. If he plays well and we make the assumptions that most of the other good players will play well, I think that elevates Everton to a different level of, of a football yeah. club. And I'm using him as an example because there's a lot of others there. Awobi's another. I think those players who, who feel as if they've got to justify their selection are all doing it in the right way now. And and to take your point further forward, I think you know that home record does need addressing because it's a mid-table slash Europa League home record and we've got a Champions League away record. Mm-hmm. We have to balance them up if we're going to do this mm-hmm. and get the top four. And I, and I just feel as if they had that bit between the teeth tonight to, to prove to everybody that, do you know what, this is my... This could be a laboured, difficult night for us. Maybe we go through with it by the odd goal. But when we went 1-0 up, there was a hunger to, to carry on doing that. There was a hunger even 3-0 for us to carry on doing it even more. You know, seeing John Joe Kenny come on as a sub, breaking into the box. I know he put one into the into Goodison Road, like, but, you know, that sort of hunger and desire, I think we've rarely seen over recent years. And dare I say, we looked a little bit ruthless towards the end. We can carry on with that attitude, I think, into these games that are home. And I think our home fixes are actually quite friendly towards the end of the campaign. It's where we have to go away. Um, and if you listen to most Blues, apparently we've mastered that now. So um, we don't have anything to worry about when we go to the big boys. But, um, you know, do, do you put us in a category now where we're, we're one of the big boys? I think we. I think it's about time we did this season because we are up there, you know, and we're within, within touching distance of some big, big prizes, some big places. Um, it feels to me like there's an attitude change to when perhaps we've been there before under different managers. You know, Silver, when we were on the precipice, when we went to Anfield, yeah. the horrendous yeah. pick for moments. But we were top six going into that, and we actually went and performed quite well at Anfield, aside from the heartbreak, misery, and uh, self-harm at the end. Um mm-hmm. We, we, we actually performed quite well that night, but that was it, wasn't it? That was the season gone after that because we mm. were crap and, and it ultimately ended in his demise. Um, previous managers again, Koeman, that wonderful start we had in his second season. And then we got, was it his second season or his first season? First season. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, we, and we capitulated, didn't we? So I think we've arrived at this place before uh, where we've been in and amongst a position in the Premier League with games to spare and games to play, where you look at them, like even last season when we went to Spurs, lost 1-0, we had a good chance of the Europa League then, didn't we, and, and blew it. But I firmly believe that's that's something else Ancelotti's brought to the party that's probably gone by the wayside, given everything else that he's done that's really good. And that is getting us into the correct mentality to go and attack certain points of the season. And we have never seen that before. So I'm I'm, I'm excited about what we can do this season still. Um, final word to you, Rob, before we run out of time. I'm assuming you want to speak about Yerry Mina. No. <laughs> all, hey, that's always a safe assumption, but uh, no, his look, Yerry's game spoke for itself again tonight. Fantastic. Um, I, I, the only thing I wanted to end on is 
I find that every season seems to, for better or worse, for you know positively or negatively, begin to fall into certain sorts of patterns and, and rhythms. Um, I think that the the point that Dave made about Guilty Sigurdsson maybe being kind of a, a, a bellwether sort of player because if if he's doing well, then maybe the other players are, are doing well. You don't expect them. I mean, I'd, I'd go even further, frankly. I mean, I think about all of the I think about the handful of of players that we've already given up on at various stages of the last couple of seasons, and frankly, even Andre Gomes, uh, who has not started a league game, I think I heard on the commentary tonight for I think like. 10, 10 straight games or whatever. And he probably is almost certainly going to start on Wednesday. Um, he, he, to me, also represents that in a way because all he's done, he could have very easily just kind of mailed it in, but he's, I, I'll be damned if he hasn't been a really po- a, a net positive every time he's come off the bench lately. I think it's, uh, you know, a couple of really nice assists uh, playing, you know, just generally well. And, and I think that players like him and Awobi and Sigurdsson and, uh, you know, players that, uh, you know, in a longer view, the Yerry Minas, the Michael Keens, the players that a lot of us just kind of, you know, written off. I mean, it's, it's Carlo Ancelotti's ability to elevate those types of players uh, and get more out of them than people thought that I think is so key here. And the, the, the thing that people keep get that people cannot get away from, and I understand it, is the sense of not belonging. Um, I, I wouldn't want to be a part of a club that would have me as a member. There is that sort of vibe that a lot of Everton fans sometimes have, but I don't really care about what a top four side was last season or five seasons ago or historically or what. I mean, history can inform us, but can, it can also create a real rigidity of analysis. And, and what I would say is. Look at the look at the table this season. This is the only season that matters to Everton right now. Not the past, not what's going to happen in three seasons. The opportunity is right there. And, and to Dave's point of, of not only output, but also uh, confidence, then then suddenly the kind of that that uh, I think about that post Yerry Mina had on Instagram earlier this week that said good vibes only. It, it, he really I think that there is something to that, that there is this sense that you know, we've carried this this kind of this anchor of feeling like something was always going to go wrong. And yet I find myself watching Everton for most of the season and really looking forward to it because I can't wait for the next thing to go right. And that's where Carlo Ancelotti, I think, has made the biggest difference because to him and the entire way he presents himself after every match and every press conference is that what is happening with Everton right now is the most normal thing in the world to him. It is not a surprise to him. He, he, Everton belongs because he belongs and therefore we belong. And so as far as that goes, I feel like we just have to continue to really believe in that. And uh, I don't think Everton have really given us a whole lot of reason to doubt it. If you really look at the entire season, given the injuries given everything that they've they've overcome i mean i can't believe we're we're you know we're this far now into the fa cup uh you know that's that's good it's not i mean it's fourth round whatever uh or i guess fifth round now um but it's it's the entirety of the season uh other than a small stretch here and what dave i think you you termed as sort of a rebirth after kind of a shaky period we're having a really good season we've got a really good uh team to support and um you know long may it continue Absolutely. And just one more thing to mention, obviously, before we wrap up. Uh, Thierry Small become the club's youngest ever footballer uh, tonight, getting on the pitch. Didn't really really touch the ball. Uh, Tyler and Yango as well made his debut. Look, 
really tidy, really demanding and massive as well in there. <laughs> so good to see, good to see him play. Can't well. wait to boo them. Moses licking his lips when those two lads come on. He's like, mm, yeah. fresh meat. <laughs> yeah, Tyler and Yannick, he looked really tall, uh, by the way, Matt. <laughs> yeah, he was a bit, bit of a Fellaini statue, didn't he? About him, when yeah, he yeah, yeah, well, with the hair and everything, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, was like, it was like Fellaini, but I wasn't terrified every time he got on the ball in front of the <laughs> oh, back four. Yeah, <laughs> he came on 100% pass completion rate and gave away a foul. Happy days, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Can you uh, for the next 15 years, mate. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely, we would all take that. Uh, but yeah, we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks very much to everyone for watching on YouTube. Cheers for all the, the hat comments. Um, I'm not going to be able to go through them all, but the best one I saw said that Dave's, Dave's hat looks like it should have French subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, here to stay now. I've had an overwhelming positive experience. After Mosey started to stop taking the piss, I felt right at home, you know. Well, do you know what? Do you know who else is a, a big uh, purveyor of the black cafe? Peter Matt. So, yeah, I was only thinking that. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, so, I'm sure. I'm sure he's he's right behind you in this new oh. venture. How about we, we all start wearing some headwear, eh? No. You wear hats all the time, Matt. What are you on about? Not that. No, I couldn't pull off a black cap. I don't think that. My hair would flick off the side. It'd be weird. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, Everton are in the fifth round of the FA Cup, and we've got a massive game on Wednesday as well. Of course, we'll be all over that, uh, building up to it, reacting to it. If you want to hear more from us. Every single day, uh, why not come and join us on the Blue Room Extra? It's patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra. Multiple Everton shows every weekday, uh, looking back on and, and previewing all of our football matches. And you get great value for money in this very busy period. But yeah, cheers to Rob, Dave, and to Moe's as well. That's been your instant match reaction. But Everton free, Sheffield Wednesday nil, up the toppies. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know, the average oak tree branch can hold 70 pounds. Something you probably do know, your neighbor is building their kid a treehouse. Something you probably don't know, a falling treehouse would take out your whole fence. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.